Well, today is going to be a doozy. We're in uh, episode 74, I believe, and I'm excited. I'm ecstatic uh, that that it that it's that the podcast is taking off. My intention for doing this was to educate and to share information so that you can work on your fascia before it stops working for you. As I repeatedly say, I do not make money from this. I have not made money from this. If I can monetize this podcast, I want to do so, but not by charging you. If I can get a sponsor or anything like that, like in radio, and you just listen, that's awesome. And we have some wonderful interviews coming up, some neat things happening, but some people are getting in the way. Now, I watched my family pick up the slack for me over the past two years, and I thought, you know, everything's going well, everything's going fine. Well, my husband has been dealing with some medical issues, my son, and I haven't been able to do the things that I used to do. Now, to be honest with you, I never thought, you know, maybe maybe I wasn't appreciated with the way I cleaned the house or the little things that I did and the fact that they were managing just fine without me. I thought, wow, I guess I'm not that important. So when you're stuck in bed and you're bedridden and you're feeling sorry for yourself, I guess, and you're like, man, everything's going on life without me. They just have to make sure I'm fed and watered. <laughs> And then I have been able to get back up. Well, I decided I need to go with my husband to this medical appointment because things just weren't working out right. They had him on medication. I didn't like the way it was making him act. And I just felt that I needed to be more a part, you know, of my family. I I felt like it's all been about me over the past two years. And, And that's what I mean, that I've lost so much to this illness, but it was because no one looked at the idea of it being my fascia. Now that we've found out that it was my fascia, I have been on the path to healthiness, and it's an incredible feeling. And I share with you as much as I can, and I'm honest with you, and I'm very blunt about things, and and I'm very straightforward. Well, I have mentioned people's names and the individuals that I speak of, like Janie Elizabeth, uh, my 17-year-old friend that I met via the internet. Uh, She gave me permission to use her name and any products that I've mentioned. Well, I haven't bad-mouthed them. I've told you my experiences with them. And uh, I've also ended it by saying, These programs didn't work for me, but perhaps they'll work for you. So if you didn't know about them, perhaps I've educated you about a program that will work for you, or maybe you've had the same things and now that you're hearing it from someone else, you won't give any more money to these people. I I really don't know, but I got an email and someone told me that, um, well, it was one that I had been hacked. So (laughs) who knows what's going to happen there, Uh, but um, that I had been hacked and that I needed to retract anything that I had said. I've said nothing bad. Um, I've just told you the truth. 
And if they don't like me telling you certain things, well, perhaps they shouldn't have done it. Uh, so it's very important to you after the few things that have happened to me over the past couple days that my message not be taken incorrectly or anybody think that I had an ulterior motive to doing this. Why? Because I went to the eye doctor. When I went into the eye doctor, he said, oh my gosh, you look great. And I was like, well, thank you. And uh, he's like, yeah, that droopy eye, I believe is the fascia and part of your condition because it's not an eye problem. Your dry eyes and the scarring in your eyes, that, that is a problem and we, we need to take care of that. And by the way, I've watched you. I saw you pre-illness before it took you down and I've watched you through the process and what have you been doing? I just, I think you look great. And that was the greatest compliment I could get. I am a walking, talking billboard for Bunny White Peterman because that's why I'm better. And you don't have to have Bunny, but we are going to be interviewing her and I'm, this is great, but maybe you could find someone like her or just work on your fascia yourself because by knowing about it now, it will benefit you so you're not working on the hard, gravelly fascia that I am. When I was getting ready to leave my eye doctor, he said, Christy, my, my daughter's been diagnosed with POTS. I said, oh, yeah, I've got that too. And then he said, she's 14. And, you know, I asked her to, like, do some stuff around the house, and she brought up this spoon theory. And I went, uh-huh. And then he said she's diagnosed herself he says she thinks she's got hypermobility and her pelvis pops out all throughout the day. And I said, yeah, I understand. That's This is my hip belt. I totally get it. And he said, oh, my gosh. He said, you have HEDS. I said, yes, I do. He said, well, she thinks she's got Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. And I said, yes, that's what the E, the D, and the S are for. And I said, and the H is for hypermobility. And he just had this look on his face and said, would you be willing to talk with her? And I said, most definitely. Anything I can do, and she's local, and it's great. So what I wanted to do was help other people. And if other individuals try to, I don't know, smudge my name or tell you something about me to discredit me, then that goes against everything that I've been doing. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to air my dirty laundry. And if I was on the radio, I'd be playing Don Henley's Dirty Laundry because I always have to have a song to go with the the episode. And there's always one in my head. But um, so I decided, you know what? Before anybody else can tell you, let me lay it out there for you. So. Where do we start? Hmm, 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 hmm. I was born. When I was born, my parents divorced uh, quite soon after the birth. My mother told me that it was because I was born and it ruined their marriage. I found out when I was 21, it was because my mother had an affair with my father's coworker. That was true. And then, let's see, when I was about seven years old, 
My mother told me that my father didn't want me. He allowed me to be adopted. And my mother had several marriages. I've lost count. And every time she got married, she would change my name so we would have the same last name. Now, every year I go back to school, the joke would be, what's Christy's last name going to be this year? (laughs) So it wasn't until I got married to my husband in 2008 that I got a last name. I have no maiden name because I didn't want any of the names I had. They weren't my birth name and they didn't mean anything to me. My father, Paul, I call him my sperm donor because that's pretty much what he did. And uh, when I got married, that man became my family and that became my chosen name. So that's why it's Christy Lynn Hanshi. My mom married for many different times, different people. She had affairs with several people. Uh, One time she had an affair with uh, a, a, a man whose children I went to school with. They used to chase me down the hall. My first prom was spent at Enrico County Jail trying to bail him out of jail. And his wife called Child Protective Services because my mother was caught in the hotel room with him, but he was gone, and she had me there in a separate room because she didn't want to leave me at home, so she took me with me, and she blamed me for us getting caught because I was in my nightgown, and had I not been in my nightgown, we could have said we were there cleaning. So that was how I grew up. Not a big deal. Um, but I have nothing to hide. That was my childhood. Uh, when I turned 21 and found out that my father, uh, didn't want to give me up, I guess that, uh, I I don't know. He had me adopted. I, I asked him for my name back and he said, sure, I could have it, but I had to be Uh, adopted by his new wife, which was like his third wife, and take my mother off my birth certificate. I just couldn't do that. That was like too much for me. Now, the funny thing about my dad is that he was at my high school graduation, but he wasn't there for me. Now, he saw my mother and hugged her and said, oh, we did it, but he was there for a girl that I went to school with that he later adopted and her brother and they were adults and he had been in the military, this son, his new son, and he had to change all of his accommodations and all of that. So anyway, my dad, sperm donor, adopted these kids that I went to school with and that is that on my family. One day I was going to the store, a woman popped up to me and she said, yeah, the people pop up. They popped up. She came up to me and she said, are you Paul and Ginger's daughter? And I said, well, yes, I am. Oh my goodness. It's just incredible how well you turned out. And I said, oh, well, thank you. And she goes, you know, your mom was the town slut. And it's just incredible that you made it through that. (laughs) I said, okay, (laughs) thank you. And that was that. I then went into radio, my dream job, did everything I wanted to do. My mother 
you know, I still, we, we were very close because she was my mom and I got pregnant and, oh yeah, by the way, I, I wasn't married. My husband and I were, we were friends with benefits and I happened to get pregnant and I was 37. I was told I couldn't have children. Oh yeah. And that was at 17. I was told I couldn't have children. And that was after I had, uh, I had an ectopic pregnancy. I was pregnant in my ovary, the oddest thing that they had seen. And I was very fortunate because they cut these cysts off of my ovaries. I didn't lose a tube or anything, which is why I believe that's why I was blessed to be, to be able to give birth to my son eventually. But they went in, did a bunch of endometriosis removal, removed the cyst. I was no longer pregnant, but I was 17. And my mother said I disgraced the family. So I, I got married to the man that got me pregnant. And when I realized that I didn't have to please anyone else, I went ahead and had it annulled. So that was that. Very happy about that. So there's my, my dirt there. So when I got pregnant with my husband, we, like I said, friends with benefits, I decided um, I was going to have this baby. I was 37 and I thought, eh, there's a reason why this happened. I, I think that for everything, there's a reason why everything happens. And I decided I was going to have this baby and with or without him. And he decided he was going to be a part of our child's life. But we were, you know, we weren't, we weren't a couple really. And we stuck together through the pregnancy and fell really deeper in love. I was really madly in love with him anyway. Um, but we just weren't commitment people. And we just, we were afraid of commitment, I guess, because we both came from, you know, broken homes, things like that. Uh, and not making excuses. It's just, eh, we were doing our careers, doing our thing. So we decided, uh, you know, hey, let's give this a shot. Let's live together. So we decided to live together and went through the pregnancy together. And we had our son. And then April 4th, 2008. My son was born February 15th, 2008. My husband proposed to me and I was like, are you sure? Because divorce is not an option and you know, you don't have to do it. I'm fine. Everything's just fine the way it is. And he said, no, no, I, 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 I love you. I, we want to get, you know, I want to marry you. So we got married and have been very happy ever since I've, he's dealt with me through this illness. He has been my rock. And that's where that lies. But now when I was pregnant, I didn't really have that many friends. I have, some people have a circle of friends. I have a triangle of friends. I have Jennifer. She's, I, I, I mean, it's probably ridiculous at the age of almost 53 to say, I have a very best friend. Oh my God, my best friend, Jennifer. But yes, she has become my very best and closest friend of over 10 years. She and I met in the school pickup line, picking up our children uh, when they were five, discussing which reading level was your son, you know, and then we decided to go to lunch. 
And then that turned into a monthly lunch. And that's what we did up until my illness. And I look forward to those monthly lunches. And I'm bummed that, you know, things happened with my illness because that was really my first true female friend since high school. So I have Jennifer. And then there's Bobby. Bobby, she is from my radio days. She's the only person that I have kept in touch with since I was in radio. Um, she gave me this awesome bag. She used to have this thing, Bobby's Bags. And she put my name on it with the capital C, capital H, which totally rocked for me because she respected the way I spelled it. It's on my license that way. It's, every, it's, it's how I legally sign my name. And I get upset if it's spelled capital C, little H, because it looks wrong to me. But anyway, there's Bobby and I have her. And then there's Neely. Neely happens to run the heating and cooling company that takes care of our furnace. And she and I spoke via email and on the telephone for over two years, two years during my illness. And she was going through something too. And we would commiserate because we were both like doing gluten free. And oh my gosh, when you know two women that love bread <laughs> and then tell us gluten free, there is no you can't say I, I when I grocery shop I buy two loaves of French bread one for me to eat while I shop I pay for the empty bag and one to take home so to tell two women that you can't have bread that's a bond right there right so she and I would commiserate and chat and share recipes because we were trying to make bread and after two years I was like, you know, I'd like for us to meet, but I had this illness in my way, right? And when I started getting better, they are the first couple friends that we've had throughout our marriage that we both like both people. <laughs> you know how that is. There was one, oh my goodness, there was one woman my husband has his best friend and we tolerate the wife. I mean, it was the point when, when, when my husband's best friend was getting ready to get married. He's like, I'll give you a thousand bucks if you want to walk away now. I mean, even the guy didn't want to get married and they're not going to listen to this. So it's not going to affect them. And they've been together forever. I mean, they ha they're they the, the couple that have to have the same Facebook page because she won't let him have his own Facebook page. And, you know, he drinks a a six pack of beer that he gets at home on the way before she comes home. So she doesn't bother him about his drinking. So, you know, that's a whole nother story, but we would go out with them. And I was, you know, thankful for the pandemic when, and I'm sorry, Oh, that, that sounds so bad, but I mean, I was thankful for the restrictions. So I didn't have to go be with them that much. I'm not thankful that this pandemic happened. So please don't take that out of context. And then our time with them got to stretch away. So, so Neely and her husband, Troy, are our first couple hangout friends. So that was our first couple date. You remember the one where I went out and got cold and went into full body spasms and couldn't breathe? So they are our couple friends. And Neely and I spoke for two years and we just actually met 
for the first time face to face. Now I saw her husband Troy all the time because he was coming and doing our plumbing and the furnace and everything. But that just shows you that I'm I'm my triangle of friends. <laughs> That's what I've got. And Neely is like a sister to me. And Jennifer knows that because we talk, you know, I, I share things about Neely and nothing bad. But Jennifer knows what I'm talking about and you can laugh. So we talk and, and Neely and I have a th- I just sent her a, a thing today about these donuts coming down a conveyor belt going through the fryer. And we share food and it's a cool thing. But anyway, so I've got Bobby, Neely, and Jennifer. And Jennifer is my ancestor woman, uh, ancestry.com woman. She does all of that for me. She's the one that found out that I wasn't Sioux Indian. We had a great laugh over that with sangria and a four-hour lunch because our lunches are like four hours. We just, you know, so I have to get this illness under control so she and I can have our lunches back. So very important. And um, Neely, we... You know, we, we, we're planning a, a girl's night. You know, she wants to go see Magic Mike 3. I, I like it for the for the dancing. <laughs> I did. In the first Magic Mike, I loved the song to Genuine's Pony. And then the episode, the part where he comes out spinning and, and that dance scene. I really can't stand any other parts of the movie but those two scenes. Didn't get through two. I will only get through three for Neely. So that's how much I care about her, right? <laughs> so there we go. Those are my circles, uh, my, my my triangle of people that I keep up with. So let's see. I think I've told you. Let's see. I had several different names. I was married, had it annulled. Uh, I told you about Jennifer, Bobby, and Neely. Uh, I told you about my mother being called the town slut. Oh yeah, the baby shower. So when I was pregnant, I didn't have those three friends at the time. So I had no one to throw me a baby shower. My mother said, your fans will come through. And I believe they'll they'll throw you a baby shower. And I said, okay. And it, it was very, it was great. I had a listener build me a cedar chest. He had heard me talk about it on the air one day. I was like, ah. My mom had a cedar chest. I've always wanted one. And the man, it's almost bringing tears to my eyes thinking about it. He built me a cedar chest, which now holds special clothes that my son had as a baby and memories from our wedding. My flip-flops, my $1.25 flip-flops from Rite Aid. We got married on the beach. They tried to sell me these fancy shoes at the bridal store. And I was like, no. And when I went in to get my dress, because I didn't want a dress, but then I thought, ooh, maybe I do want a dress. I got the one that was on sale. It was the first dress I tried on, and 28 dresses later, I went right back to that first dress. It was on sale, and I put it on layaway and got it, and I refused to buy these fancy shoes that they wanted me to buy and went to Rite Aid and got these really cool flip-flops with these mother-of-pearl little sequins on them for $1.29. It was $1.29, actually. So... And they were on clearance because it was October and flip-flop season was going out. Can't wear a flip-flop today because of my feet, but neither here nor there. So, again, I got this cedar chest. Absolutely awesome. It means the world to me. 
and listeners, you know, brought in gifts for my son, his name, you know, after he was born, given him, you know, the name Wyland and not knowing, you know, that story about, you know, uh, the famous gallery owner, Robert Wyland, someone brought in this incredibly beautiful oil paint set that was from Wyland's gallery and it has my son's name on it. And I thought that was awesome. Uh, a, a listener brought me, uh, a Kevin Costner CD dancing with wolves because I said, you know, to me, everything Kevin Costner does, it's the same thing over there. I see a deer and there the water in the water movie. And then the baseball movie he always does everything like this. And so as a joke, he gave me Dancing with Wolves, the DVD, so my son could watch it, my favorite movie. Ha, ha, ha. Anyway, Kevin's Costner's making a lot more money. Love him in Yellowstone, but it got too serious for me, so I had to quit watching it. But I really like him in that. But I just don't watch it anymore. So there was no baby shower for me to be had. <laughs> and fortunately... Um, my boyfriend at the time, my husband now, his mother and his aunt said, they'll throw me a baby shower. So they put together an incredible baby shower for me. And I absolutely love his mother, but she is no longer a part of our life. Uh, when, when, uh, I found out that I had breast cancer in 2009, she said, oh my gosh, Christy, you need support. You can't go to that appointment alone. You need someone to go with you. I will go with you. And I said, okay. And she called me the day of the appointment and said, oh, you know, I just can't make it. So good luck at your appointment. So that was kind of a ding against everything. But I was like, it's okay. Mother-in-law, got to let it go. And then she would tell my son, she lives 20 minutes away when he was a baby. I will come up and see you, and my son would stand at the door and wait for her, and then she would bail at the last minute, and that just killed us, and then she ditched him on his fifth birthday, and well, I just can't keep having somebody hurt my son, so I had a baby shower that my mother was invited to, that my soon-to-be mother-in-law threw for me, then the people at work, they threw me a surprise shower and that was awesome because people that, I mean, I never had contact with came in and, and supported me. Whether they liked me or not, they put on a good show for work and that was awesome. I really appreciated that and I thought that was cool. My mother had a grandmother shower. I was not invited to said grandmother shower. I provided the grandbaby, but was not invited. I have no idea what she got at the grandmother's shower, but she had a party <laughs> and they gave her gifts. I did know that much. She told me they gave her gifts. So when I go to give birth to my son, my mom is there. Now this was February 15th and... February 18th, my mother came to see us and her husband at the time took my boyfriend, who's now my husband at the time, downstairs 
to talk about, oh, it's so nice to see Christy happy. Oh, you make her so much happier than that first husband she had. Well, I never mentioned the first husband because it was an annulment. And, you know, it's like, I don't know how many women tell the guy she's with, hey, I've had four abortions and now I'm going to have your baby. That's not me. I'm just saying there are some things that you like to keep private. And considering it never was accepted as a full marriage, I didn't feel the need to tell him. And I was so happy in my life. But that's what happened. And then I had to explain to him, you know, what had happened and that I was embarrassed and that I had gotten pregnant. And so that's when I just decided full disclosure on who I am and I'm not going to let anyone ruin my happiness anymore. So my mom comes to the hospital. We're getting ready to be discharged. She holds our son. And then when she goes to put him back, first of all, she said, I can't believe when I walked in here, you were breastfeeding. I never breastfed. I can't believe you're fighting so hard to breastfeed. Then when she put my son down, she said, I made sure to rub myself all over him so he'll smell just like me. And I can't wait to have him come to my house because I'm going to tell him all of the things you did as a child. So you have to deal with what I dealt with. And that right there kind of made me think, yeah, you know what? Maybe I need to distance myself a little bit. Then two days after my husband and I got home, my husband took the week off because I had a C-section and we really didn't want anybody coming over at the moment because, well, I'd had a C-section and a lot of people had come to the hospital and we just wanted some private time to bond as a family. Again, we were new as a couple and now we're parents and we just wanted that time. The next day, because my mom was upset that she couldn't come see us February 19th, her husband at the time went to my husband's job and said, I'm here to see Chris Hanley. And no one knew who he was talking about. He didn't even know my husband's name. And then proceeded to tell his boss, it's not right for a daughter to keep a child from their grandparent. Please have him call me. So that jeopardized my husband's job. The, the boss understood family issues and just swept it under the rug, but we don't like, as, as I'm giving you all of my private information, we don't like bringing certain things to our places of employment. Like I said before in radio, you don't you don't give out a bad day. It doesn't matter what happened to you five minutes before you go on the air. You go on the air, you turn it on, and there you go. But this was something that we didn't want. The last time I saw my mother was February 21st, 2008, through my peephole in my door as she was walking away because she was knocking on my door after that incident and the others. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it at the moment. So I didn't go to the door. So I have not spoken to my mother since February 18th, 2008. 
and I have not seen her, with the exception of the back of her head as she was leaving my house, February 21st, 2008. I have asked my son if he wants to have her in his life because I am not going to keep any of my family members because of my issues away from him. And so far, he doesn't seem to be asking too many questions. So there you have it. I think in a nutshell, I think I've told you everything. Let me see. There was the marriages, the pregnancy, the this, the that. Uh, Yeah. And let's see. Oh, we got married October 15th, 2008. Our son was so cute in his little bitty tie and his corduroy blazer and his corduroy pants. And he had these cute little matching corduroy shoes. So I was proud. We had our son and a little tie. Oh, it was so cute. So, and I got married because I love pancakes. I wanted a pancake wedding cake. So (laughs) I got to have that because we had a sunrise wedding in Cape Hatteras at the lighthouse. And I got my pancake wedding cake and it was absolutely awesome. So there you have it. I don't think there's anything else. So I tell you all of this because... I don't want my eye doctor to hear anything about me that I have not divulged and to think that I'm out here with any ulterior motives or I'm trying to sell myself as a certain person or anything because I'm not. And the individuals that are upset because I just didn't like their programs that they were charging money for. But I said, if you think you can get help from it, please do. I'm not apologizing. I'm just telling you it didn't work for me, but perhaps it will work for you. And if it embarrasses them the way they pursued me and I told you, well, that's on them. But I am on a mission, and that mission is to share what I've learned. Because when I was at the doctor's appointment with my husband, I looked down at his shoes and went, Oh my goodness, why are they not shined? We came home that day, and I polished his shoes. Now, as ridiculous as that may sound, I I just... My family needs me more than I realized, and I'm not an unnecessary cog in the wheel of the Hanchi family that consists of my son, Wyland, my husband, Chris, and me, my triangle of a family, and my triangle of friends. Everything I say to you, I come with sincerity, and I do not make money from And I don't want you to hear something about me and think that I have lied or mis, you know, represented myself in a way trying to get anywhere. Again, I haven't made a dollar one from any Ashley Black tools that I have recommended. I have not made a single dime for any referral that I have sent to Bunny White Peterman. I have not made any money off of this podcast.
and I have helped my son, which means the world to me. My husband has benefited, although he doesn't have this illness. Neely is hopefully going to go get some help because she's got some neck issues and she goes for a monthly massage. And I've told you massages are temporary fixes when you have fascial issues. Her husband, Troy, is in a lot of pain because he's under sinks and doing things and his body is hurt like my husband's from doing physical hard work for a living. So I've helped these individuals and I think that's wonderful. And I am thrilled that Dr. G has come to me and asked me to talk with his daughter. It pains me that this 14-year-old young woman has to even deal with this illness. But the fact that she's local and I can hopefully get her help, that means the world to me. And if somebody said something to somebody about my past, and it discredited me in any way, and I could no longer help them, it would break my heart, truly. And I just want everyone to know that I do come forward with information that I want you to know, so you don't have to pay the money to do it, and that you can hopefully get better before your body goes into full trauma and your family's walking out without their shoes shined or or being put on medication they don't need to be or your son doesn't want to tell you something because he's worried that all the stress and pain that you have in your body, he doesn't want to cause you more because remember I've told you what stress does to your body and your fascia. And if something happened and I couldn't help this, you know, Dr. G's daughter, I'd be totally bummed. So again, I thank you for being part of AWOL Zebra. I thank you for taking the time to listen to me. We are interviewing Bunny White Peterman very, very soon. Tomorrow, as a matter of fact. And I've got two interviews with those other podcast uh, people tomorrow as well. And I'm excited because we're going to be getting the information out about fascia and this disease just in time for Rare Disease Day, February 28th. Again, thank you so much for listening and being a part of this. And I look forward to episode what? 75 coming tomorrow. Thank you so much. I'm Christy Lynn Hanshee. This is AWOL Zebra. Have a lovely day.